yesterday I had the immense pleasure of speaking to Suzanne in South Africa on day two of South Africa's almost complete lockdown uh, due to coronavirus, COVID-19. And I had a wonderful time talking with her. I really hope you enjoy this one and I can't wait to chat to her again about how things are going over there. So, hi, Suzanne, and um, thank you for chatting to me this morning, uh, your time, night time, my time. We've tried a couple of times this week to catch up. It hasn't quite quite worked. I had all intentions of getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, but I had sick kids, and and then, then I think they gave me whatever mild thing that they had hanging around. But we've been chatting a little bit um, via Messenger and you guys just went into lockdown. Was it yesterday? Yes, it was. And did something prompt this or is the South African government just following suit with the rest of the world? Um, I think I think they've, we've learned from, from other countries. Yeah. But um, we... A week a week ago, about ten days ago, we the the president declared a national state of disaster, which in our terms means that we were advised if we were non-essential services to work from home and you know stay yes. um, practice social distancing. Yeah. At that time, the amount of cases of corona was about four hundred and. 47 somewhere around there okay um so we were i think then we were mindful of all the other countries and what they had done and we could learn from them so you know there were mild measures but a week uh, on monday last week he came out and said that we will go into national lockdown so it's legally mandated um it's like a state of emergency because the amount of cases were increasing. We're now at a thousand and Uh over a thousand cases. And I think to put it in perspective, we are a country, I think much like Australia, we are a country of like 58 million people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's densely populated in some areas and other areas it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this was, a drastic measure had to be done just to curb the transmission because mm-hmm. it was it was actually spreading faster than anyone could have anticipated mm. and i think like for here for example the our main concern is having enough hospital beds and like I guess like ICU beds and ventilators and things of that kind of nature is has that been talked about um is that a concern for you guys as much very much very much so Natalie we we I I think the reports have already shown that there are not enough ventilators in the country yeah um and that the hospitals would not be able to cope even if even if we, you know, the private hospitals open their doors as well, mm, uh, right. it it just won't cope. Mm. And I think 
they've they did that tally very early on what what i must say has been good about this time is that the communications from government authorities has actually been very good and stepped up i wish they could do it all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it's it's a great level of transparency so really for me it it gives me sort of you know even though it's scary to listen to yeah. um it gives me some measure of comfort that people are actually um taking it seriously you know it's yes, not it's I not do. games and the leadership is coming from from the minister of health and the president and i think that is very important because Prior to this, I think South Africans were not very confident in the in the government, and I am I was one of those citizens very skeptical as to whether they would be able to get us through any crisis. But I must say, I'm I'm very proudly South African <laughs> today as I speak that's to you. Great. That's great. That's and that's really interesting because the, of the conversations that I've had. I think this is you're the 12th person I've spoken to since I started this six days ago and one of the the big things is is the confidence in the government and and you'll you'll hear people say often outside of these situations you you know when a government is in crisis you see their true colors you see what they're capable of doing and the whole of this pandemic, the whole of this global situation is kind of divided by those countries who have felt that their government have risen to the task and those who don't. And it's really interesting to hear you say that despite perhaps before this not having felt that way, that, that you actually do feel some comfort now. That's really interesting because that's probably the first time I've heard that usually when people say they they trust their government, their government is already usually transparent and they already have that trust there. And mm-hmm. the people who already didn't trust their government, their government has let them down. So I'm really surprised and heartened to, to hear you say that. That's um, very interesting. Do you think that Um, I've lost my, I'm so sorry. I've lost my train of thought. I had a question to ask you. (laughs) Thankfully I'll be able to edit this out. I think I was going to say, um, oh yes. Did, did they, have they closed your borders? Do you guys, because you're, you're on the, obviously the, the Southern, you've got, um, the South of Africa, the ocean to your Southern border, but on the top you are bordering, a few other countries. Have you stopped travel between your countries? Yes, uh, our borders are closed. Yeah, there are no international flights allowed in or out. Right. Um, there are also no domestic flights allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, we are bound to our houses. We can only go out when we need groceries or medication. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, even the retail stores have been ordered to close, mm-hmm. and those retail stores, those grocery stores that also sell clothing or you know other sure. um, stuff, have been told that they cannot sell that. So 
um, even when you go shopping, you can only buy food and it's limited. I think it's limited to 50 people in a store at a time. Right. So it's been quite, I mean, people have, I've seen on social media, my fellow citizens complaining that it's draconian and they can't walk their dogs and all of those things. But I, from my perspective, I think it's showing that our government is taking it very seriously. Um, We do have the army patrolling. Wow. Um, That's how serious it is. Mm. Um, Because the army has been deployed in peacetime. We have to, in terms of our laws, the president has to write to parliament and, you know, declare Mm. that what Mm. has done, so he's done that. And so it's been taken very seriously. I, you know, obviously, like in other countries, there are people who don't listen. Mm. Um, people were out uh, first day of lockdown yesterday people were out cycling and running and jogging and what have you and the police actually arrested them so I'm glad that that you know sort of sent the proper signal Um, Mm -hmm. my daughter was joking as you know of all the things to be arrested for is to to be cycling you know if I was arrested (laughs) I wanted to be arrested for something like real (laughs) But it just shows you that, you know, we have to put these measures in place. Um, And the transmission rate was increasing yesterday. So I think it was a good time Mm. to do so. Yeah. Yes, well, we've been, we're not in, I wouldn't say we're in proper lockdown. New Zealand is in proper lockdown. Um, (laughs) We're on, our essential services are open the same as I think kind of the rest of the world, the supermarkets, banks, pharmacies, etc., are open, but we did still have a few other things open until recently. Our schools are still open. Um, Our schools have been closed. That was the first thing that they closed. That was the first thing that happened, really? Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Because our government's very adamant that it's okay to keep the schools open, though they have told parents to please keep their kids home if they can. So about 80% of parents in New South Wales are keeping their kids uh, home. Um, but since we've had some, we've, we've, we've had the police out as well, um, arresting people who are not adhering to the, to the latest updates, which is no people to be kind of gathering in, even small groups. Um, Our numbers have gone down over the last 48 hours. So, yeah. So, I mean, I have my own theories (laughs) about that. But but at least hopefully if people are hearing that, they are going to think that they're – that, that the reason is is because everybody's been home and they'll continue to stay home, which I do think is important. But um, I have a feeling that they're just not testing as many people as they were previously so that they can make it look like the numbers are going down. But that's my own mm. little conspiracy theory. <laughs> well, the other thing that I was reading about and, you know, I've been talking to my friends via Zoom mm. and uh, Skype is that, there's like a 14-day 
gestation period. Mm. So are the figures that we're seeing real mm. or are they going to increase? You know, there's always a lag in the reported um, numbers. Yeah. And we had one fatality yesterday mm. from the virus. And, but this was very quick. The, la the lady was 48. Really? She was tested on, say, the Monday, oh, well, Wednesday, and by Friday she had died. Wow. Um, and the husband was actually quite gobsmacked because he didn't even, he said he didn't even understand where she had contracted the virus because yeah. she hadn't been traveling or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. So it must have been locally transmitted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's sort of, we took comfort from the fact that it takes about two weeks to get out of your system. Mm. And then yesterday someone dies within 48 hours. So mm -hmm. it just shows you that, you know, there's no certainty um, well, amongst I, even medical professions. No, professions. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, I don't think anybody really knows. I don't think we have enough data really to say equivocally one thing or the other. I mean, there have been lots of sweeping statements coming out. It doesn't affect people under 60, you know, it doesn't really affect kids. Kids don't get it, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, inevitably these things start happening. Younger people are, are dying and, and children are contracting and spreading it. And even in terms of, I guess, the length of the gestation period or how long you are contagious before you start showing symptoms or after you've started feeling better. I mean, really most people would, were just guessing because there is no proper amount of data. It's, it's been such a short period of time. It's happened so quickly. So I just, when it, when I see the numbers now and with the people I've spoken to around the world and the suspected confirmed cases I've heard of and the amount of people that they're not testing who seem to show all the symptoms of having it I, I, I just it's just impossible to think that that we have the correct amount of data right now I don't think until this whole thing's over will we look back and be able to go oh okay <laughs> that's what was really <laughs> happening well but it's interesting it's no go on go on I think it's really a case of, you know, we're flying this airplane, we're going to have to fix it as we go along. Exactly. And I think that for me is the scary, the scary part because we actually don't even know what will go wrong. No. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm always mindful. I go on my Facebook page and try and reassure people, but I'm also think I'm also thinking, telling them to be careful. Mm. And, you know, not take it lightly. No. No. Um, so it's always got to be this message that um, it is it is a dangerous virus. It might sound innocuous. Exactly. Exactly. It it's a fine line between <laughs> being paranoid and, and being careful, you know, like just and simply because we really don't know. And people have so many theories the government's overreacting, it's a conspiracy, whatever. The point is yeah. that, we, that we just don't know. So it's, is it not best to just err on the side of caution? I mean, do you really want to play around with something like this? I think so, because I would, I would support that because, um, you know, it's better than dealing with overcrowded hospitals. Yeah. 
and the results that that would show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's in, in our country, there's been a lot of sort of complaints about the infringement of our constitutional rights. Mm. And, um, you know, lots of outcry, I think. The Chief Justice has said, if you have problems, bring it to court. (laughs) (laughs) Good on (laughs) you. Because, you know, stop uh, moaning and groaning because the the President has followed the Constitution. Mm. So it's it's, it's interesting because we are sort of 25 years into democracy. Mm -hmm. And so it's the first time that our constitution has been tested to this degree Um, that is that is really interesting and i actually i think before when i said i had a question i couldn't remember i think that's kind of what i had been thinking because i've been thinking a lot about the different styles of government in the different countries of the people that i'm speaking to and the countries that are kind of used to their government exercising their authority if I can put it that way are just willing to kind of toe the line for the greater good and then you have these countries in the western world particularly like Australia and America who are all like hang on a second you can't tell me what to do (laughs) and then I wondered about South Africa because you have a short you know history with your style of government that you have now if if there are people who are kind of, I don't, you know, I don't know about this. <laughs> it's, um... Well, there, yeah, there were, I mean, I've had lots of, uh, I'm a lawyer by profession mm-hmm. and I've had lots of queries from my friends and family. Really? And even people I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Free legal advice. <laughs> yeah. Asking me about, um, you know, the various restrictions and are they constitutional, are they allowed, and wow. things like that. And for me, it's been interesting because then I had to look look it up because I'm, I said to them, listen, we're in entirely new territory here. Mm. Um, it's actually the first time that the government and the president has actually invoked constitutional limitations in a, in, in a democratic South Africa. Wow. So... We are not used to this. I, I'll give an example. My daughter is in Los Angeles at the moment. Right. Um, she's studying there. And when I spoke to her and I said, no, she was born when in the democracy because she's mm-hmm. born in 1999. Mm-hmm. And um, I said to her, the president has deployed the army, um, you know, to, mm. to do civilian duty. And she said to me, Mom, do we have an army? <laughs> and I said, yes, Emma, every country has an army. She said, but I've never heard them spoken about or, you know. <laughs> and it just, it just dawned on me that there they would be people in this democracy or this mm. era mm. that have never experienced the arm, you know, like mm-hmm. the military side of uh, South Africa. Exactly. Um, so there must be more young people like her asking their parents, yes. do we really have an army? Because we don't, we don't see them, you know. No. Um, no. So that was very interesting for me because I was thinking, you know, along with, along with the um, sort of constitutional questions, there are people who would be experiencing this for the first time. Yeah. 
Um, whereas I grew up in pre-democratic South Africa. Mm. So, you know, we had different kinds of restrictions. Um, but we knew the the army and the police and you know it was a very authoritarian state mm -hmm. um so this is, it was really interesting to have the chat with her and find out kind of nice though yes i was kind of nice to think that she doesn't even think south africa has an army like i i find that i, f I find that kind of beautiful no i did too i was like yeah. very pleased that yeah. um you know, we can moan and groan about everything, but at least we've had the freedom to to I raise children about it. <laughs> yeah, who haven't heard about it yeah. and who have not experienced it at all. Yeah, um, that's really so. That that's quite that was quite reassuring mm. for me. Yeah. Um, the only thing about having her in California right now is there's a travel ban on out of the US and there's a travel ban into South Africa. <laughs> so she can't come home. <laughs> wow. Yes, that must be very frustrating. And a story I've heard many times. It's 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 one thing when you live apart from your family and you know that there's a distance between you, but it's another thing when you know that you can't actually see each other even if you wanted to. Like Yes. You know, it's a really different kind of oh oh okay you're a long way away and i can't and get you can't to, you can't get to me yeah yeah and i think people who are living abroad particularly people who have elderly you know parents or grandparents and they're thinking what happens if something happens and i can't get back it's it's quite distressing i think um, yeah i think um i think we've had instances of that already mm. um, like parents have passed away and their children could not come to the funerals yeah that's um and that was quite thing sad. That, yeah i think we're going to be dealing with for a long time after this is is that kind of the post-traumatic stress from dealing with something like that it's one thing to lose someone close to you but not to be able to get any closure on it is is, is will also be very difficult sadly I think we're so early in the in the journey at the moment, and um, it's really it's really helpful to me. I'm I'm finding it really helpful to talk to people around the world. You know, well, I I have been I think enjoying is maybe the <laughs> inaccurate word, <laughs> but I actually have been enjoying the fact that I could listen to your podcast and listen to people's other experiences yeah. across the world and then also feel like, you know, you're not alone. Um, they are different experiences, but we're all feeling the same kind of concerns and fears. And, you know, that, that is actually quite, um, quite reassuring. I agree. From, just from a human element, there's something that binds us together. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I totally agree. I totally agree. I um I've also you probably noticed I've also been asking everyone I've spoken to if I can check in again in a week or so and see how everyone's feeling and see how things are progressing where they are. So yeah, I'd that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Okay. I think I think by then we would have 
um, had some measure of cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think for me, for me, it hasn't been quite as bad because I work from home. Mm. You're used um, to it. But what I, what I do feel is that um, I am sort of restricted from leaving my house. Mm. You know, I can go, luckily I can go out into the garden, play with my dogs, mm-hmm. and at least have some semblance of I'm outside. Yeah. But the fact that, you you know, you can't just just go to the shop when you feel like it um, or go. I used to go to a coffee shop and sit there and work when I felt I needed people around me. Right. Yeah. So now you can't even, you can't do that because the restaurants are closed. You know, there's a different kind of socialization. I've never spoken to my friends as much as I have done now, either on the phone or across zoom (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm really seriously i'm waiting for the studies that are done after this on how we socialized during the pandemic and how people's social socializing changed during the pandemic i think it will be fascinating to 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 read i also also think so because i've i've already sort of tried to um i'm making a list of what has changed in you know yeah what has coronavirus brought about and what are we going to have to think about in the future and one of them was you know in our country there was an emphasis on meeting in person Mm -hmm. and i was now thinking that okay now we're going to ask is it really necessary to meet in person yeah yeah um so our focus is really going to change and i I wonder how people are going to grasp the fact that, you know, we're going to change. We, we're going to change whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be um, when we come out of this, that life will go back to what we knew, what mm-hmm. we knew. And Adam. we're going to have to make some adaptations. Yeah. We are evolving. I <laughs> know. Oh, whether we like it or not. Exactly. <laughs> has made me a little bit more introspective and and thinking on a on a global level which i think Mm -hmm. is good yes yes um i've been able to reach out uh, to people like you and you know i'm meeting a lot more people online um so it's it's kind of already you sort of shifted my focus into how i how i socialize and network these days yeah yeah that's that's just that's just wonderful i love it every single one every single person i've spoke to so much so much positivity and hope and gratitude coming out of the conversations and it's really not what i expected and it's really helped me you know yeah i think it's yeah i think it's it's wonderful that there's so much of it around um because i don't think if we're going to shrink and be miserable Mm -hmm. And it's actually going to serve us or our family, no. or our loved ones. You know, it's just, um, I've also been asked, how can you stay so calm and all of this? I said, you know, I've been through a couple of life transitions and I'm sort of embracing this one and saying, okay, there's nothing I can do about it. So let me make the best of it. Exactly. I love that. And 
find the good in it rather than focus on the bad. Yeah, I 100% agree. Oh gosh, I'm so oh, so great to talk to you. I really, um, I'm glad we finally managed to find a time. I'll um, I'll let you go, and but I really love to catch up again in 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 a, in a week or so and catch up again. Okay, you can just let me know when. I will for sure. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Great to talk to you. Bye.